millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, my mic fell. <laughs> <laughs> I just hear everything just going to hell on your end. Okay. Uh, ow, my leg. Hold on. My leg. Okay. <coughs> Welcome to episode 19 of the official Geek Speak podcast. I'm your host, Sean Williams. And joined as always is my co-host, Josh Rakakuni Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast where we watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? I really wish Rakakuni was a real movie. Would you watch it? I would definitely watch it. For those who have not seen the movie Everything Ever All at Once, first of all, go see it if you're okay with Rated R content. If not, then maybe don't watch it because it is Rated R. Um, but other than that, watch the movie because I just referenced that movie with Rakakuni. It's good. Good movie. So, which we actually talked about last time on the last podcast a bit with Sinjin. Go listen to the last episode. Uh, we recorded April 14th and is now uh, May 30th. Look, we've been busy graduating and stuff, so we can finally talk again. We had a, we'll get into more of that a bit soon. So, like, we had our podcast now for one year. That's pretty cool. Woo! Sorry for all the crazy random uploads with uh, our content schedule. We don't have a schedule right now. It'll come back soon. Don't worry. We are both graduated now, so we'll have you a lot more consistent and we'll have a lot more time for that. Yeah, this episode will be a bit of a catch me up on some major news bits and talk about life as we go a bit. Sound good? E. Okay, since the last episode, in theaters, Josh and I have seen a bunch of movies like Multiverse of Madness, The Northman, Dumbledore Gay Movie. Um, that's not what it's called. It's called The Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore. Very long title. Yes, indeed. And then, eh, movie. Yeah. No, yes. It's, it's, it's not, yeah. <laughs> not really worth talking about, honestly. No. Uh, Multiverse of Madness. I'm still mixed on Josh liked overall, right? Uh, yes. My biggest problem comes down to Michael Waldron, the writer. He wrote a lot of Loki. Um, yeah. But I have good things to say about it, too. Overall, a fun time. And I like fun. Best part of the movie was Sam Raimi's direction. Indeed. And The Northman? What a movie that was. Indeed, that was a movie. For my first Robert Eggers film, fascinating. There's really no way to ease you into Robert Eggers' movies. You just gotta see it. That's the way to go. Live life. Breathe air. Don't know just how we're gonna get there. It'd be so wonderful. <laughs> so, Josh, back to the question I used to ask you about a year ago. Watch anything good lately? But oh, specifically boy. now, about good TV that didn't just come out. Uh... Watch anything that's not, like, just brand new. Oh, God. Um... 
I'm watching the new season of Barry, which started a couple of weeks ago. Very, very good. Um, started Superman and Lois, the recent show. Uh, very good. Way better than I thought it was going to be. The recent show. Well, because you have Lois and Superman, that old one. Uh, so sometimes people don't understand. But anyways. Um, uh, Clark, Josh. Whatever. <laughs> I think I'm about close to halfway through. Our flag means death. Very fun. Oh, nice. Very good. I love I love that. Um, I've seen a lot of like clips in that. It seems like very fun and very gay. Oh, yes, it very much is. Nice. Um, other TV. I know there's other TV things I've uh, yet to see. I've yet to catch up on Stranger Things. I think I'm on halfway through volume one, even though volume one is seven episodes and volume two is two episodes. Very dumb. Other than that, I'm enjoying it. I, I've watched shows, finally. Most of us on the podcast, though, I don't watch a lot of TV. Uh, I just generally don't. I like TV. There's just too much of it. So I said no. <laughs> but I watched, I've watched now all of season one of Ted Lasso as well the first two or three episodes of season two. And it's been about 48 hours. Season two is where things get very good. The show's already good. Season two gets very good. I've heard the opposite from everyone. That's fascinating. They're liars. I, so far, I'm liking season one a lot more. Um, we'll see. I I liked a lot of the pl- the dynamics. See, I don't I don't like sports. I hate soccer. I don't I don't care about that part of the of the show at all. I just enjoy seeing a very wholesome man do wholesome things. And it's that is nice. what Ted Lasso is. It's very nice. You just you dressed as him for Halloween, didn't you? Yes, except I could not find a mustache. So you were just soccer dad. But it worked because uh, everywhere I went, <laughs> you good? The death came back. Um, but yes, it ended up working out not having the mustache because everywhere I went, I had a mask on, so it didn't matter. Gotcha. Um, and I also I have started The Walking Dead, which is not a new show, but it's also based on a comic book series, which I've also read part of um, a while ago. <laughs> it's, it's been out for a while, too. Um, it's all right. I'd recommend if you have, I know you've not watched it, right? No, the only Walking Dead stuff that I've ever interacted with is the Telltale Games. I think you should watch like a first season. I think you'd really enjoy it. I um, probably will at some point watch it, but they're on like 11 seasons right now. And my brain is just like, if I like the show, I will watch almost all of it. I've seen all of Game of Thrones. That was a thing. See, I know Walking Dead, I think the biggest problem I hear about it is that it starts to like kind of meander around. It doesn't really have, because the it's about survival. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, what do you do at some point? So most zombie-based shows have like 20 to 30, 10 to 20 plot ideas. And it's like, which mix and match can you do for an episode? It can just any zombie thing. Yeah. Um, that's why I think your idea for a zombie script is really cool. Oh, thank you. And I think that this show will help you a bit with that. Because you can like get ideas of what, first off, what to do and what not to do. Because it's a, it's, it's a very popular zombie medium that everyone's seen. So if you, you can pick, piece some things there from this, be like, hey, I should avoid that thing they just did. Because everyone's already seen that, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Walking Dead, I remember when it first came on and like how huge it was. It was on like the levels of Game of Thrones in terms of popularity, but now it's stayed well past its staying point and it's just there. And people are like, oh, yeah, that exists. It's not its last season, but like it, no one remembers it fondly anymore. My brother loved the show. That's why I started watching it. And he fell off a bit too. I'm like, he was always like the biggest uh, lover of the show. So I was surprised when he fell off the show in general. But yeah, some shows are just too long for what it needs to be. Indeed. Especially when the show, I guess, spoiler alert, is okay with killing off any character. 
I mean, it's um, a great way to keep the interest of your viewer of like who's going to live and who's going to die. Like Game of Thrones did this great for the first couple of seasons and then it kept going. Right, exactly. Anyway, I'm, I think it's all right so far. I'm overall enjoying a lot of the characters. I said to my mother yesterday, there's too many of them. He said, don't worry about that. There'll be fewer soon. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard to connect with all characters when there's so many characters and there's no one, no, no, not enough time to be with every character. Yeah, that was my problem with the tell, Telltale games. Um, like, the first season is great. Um, it gets, you know, there's a lot of people, but by the end, there's very few. But then each subsequent game, it keeps adding more people. So it's just like, why are we doing this? I was I was hooked on these very few people, but now you're giving me the same amount again. Why? In other news, if you're new to the podcast, we talk about mostly pop culture and uh, whatever is geeky or nerdy in the current zeitgeist of the world. However, we also have a really fun random segment called decom <laughs> is there a question mark there <laughs> there's always a question mark whenever we talk about a decom so what a decom is every episode we go through a different disney channel original movie dcom or decom for short and we will see how in a short period of time the biggest media company on earth caters towards solely children with a large sample size and we'll see any quality changes etc and we're finally in the year 2000 josh it's happened Oh, goody, the year I was born. Up, up, and away was the first one in 2000, and now we're up to the next one. What a start shift going from that to this. Because we, we started in, in 97 with up with under wraps, and then but we didn't, couldn't find that, and then the rest of were 98 and forward. Um, AKA the beginning of time. Time did not start until the 90s, period. Anyway, uh, we watched a movie called The Color of Friendship, and it is fascinating. It is legitimately a good movie, which I was not expecting. Uh, we don't, I was going to say, we don't say good or bad on this podcast for movies, which I just want to say. But I, I, we say for a decon specifically because it's a very interesting medium, we tend to say yay or nay. I'm giving this a yay overall. Indeed. Uh, it's very fun, isn't the word I'd use? I wouldn't say fun. It's fascinating and it kept my attention. It's like a good PSA for kids. Oddly enough, the only times that I was just like, okay, this isn't working for me is when it would go to like those like lighthearted, fun decom-esque things, like when they're uh, going around in the shopping mall and having fun. Like that to me is when it wasn't working. When it was doing everything else, it was working very well. Okay, but it needed that too. I know it needed that, but it could have done it better at least. Right now we're talking about a movie without telling you what it's really about at all. Racism is the plot. A congressman named Dellums, a black congressman in America, in Washington, D.C., his daughter wants to be a host family for a foreign exchange student from Africa. And the foreign exchange student from Africa is a white girl from South Africa during they 1977. Also, they also do not know this when they apply. Correct. They, know, they don't know what to look like at all. They just know where they're coming from. That's literally it. So it's a surprise for both of them because if you don't know what happened in 1977, apartheid happened. Um, and basically racism in the in South Africa, very heavy racism, um, which they touched on here a lot more than I thought they were going to. And that surprised me a lot. They so, surprisingly don't hold back on it. Like, I was genuinely surprised, like, throughout the film that it's not really necessarily hand-holding, but, like, and it also never talks down to kids about it. It, it does it in a way that it can help them understand a lot better of everything. There is one thing here I think is really problematic, and I'll get into that later, but 
in general, this is a good thing to show your kids. I'll say it right now. My first note is Carl Lumley. It, it, all caps and three question marks because the first thing I saw in this in the, in the opening credits was the word Carl Lumley. And if you don't know who it is, he is a god among men. Uh, he has been in hundreds of amazing things. He's a very famous black actor. Um, he was Martian Manhunter for any DC fans in pretty much all of cartoon media. He was in an episode of Chuck, which is pretty cool. Fun fact, Josh, he was a ninja. He is in an episode of Firefly, to my knowledge. He is in The Falcon and the Soldier for, as Isaiah Bradley. He is like an incredible actor who has done so many great things all over the years. So that was amazing. And he plays Dellums, who's a real person, which Josh didn't know. Yes, this film is, in fact, based on a true story, which we have yet to actually see from a decom. And I don't know if we've seen since. You also might know Carl Lumley from This Is Us. Uh, yes, he, he was Abe. in a couple of episodes. Um, yeah, he is very he was very good in that. He's also in Supergirl. And I stopped watching Supergirl, so I didn't know that. He's a fantastic actor who's done so many incredible things. Josh, anything huge plot wise you want to talk about before we get into any of our notes? I think the setup um, is very good and it, it immediately draws you in and it does so in a way that is easy to understand of the miscommunication of, of different things, but it works very well. Um, also, because the two people are like 13, 14, uh, the, the, the two main exchange like kids, the host family kid, as well as the um, white kid from South Africa comes over. Also, their names are Mari and Piper. Piper is the host kid. And a South African child is named Mari. Because they're about 13, 14 years old, it means that you can excuse a bit of their upbringing, like for Mari specifically, but also still blaming them because you're becoming an adult and having to learn your own values. Mm-hmm. So it's a good balance of you need to learn your own place in the world, while also, like, you're not just your family's upbringing. You are also your own person. And that was a really good age to do that at. I wrote in quotes, Black agitator and Black troublemaker, because they really emphasize immediately in your head. If you do not know what apartheid is in 1977, in that time, they let you know what it feels like to be a white person in their thoughts at that time, in that place. Brilliantly done. Yes, this is very well written for a D, for not just a decom for but for kids movies in general. Because generally, for kids movies, you don't ever see them talk about stuff like this. And if you do, it's done in a much more subtle way that doesn't really go for it. Like Zootopia was a very recent film that dealt with racism, but it was a movie about animals. So you get the idea, but like little little kids are not going to understand what it's going for at all. So, so by that logic, it misses the mark completely. I mean, this movie is no brink, just saying. <laughs> well, not everything can be brink. I mean, what a god of a film. Remember, uh, this film doesn't have a message of don't sell out, so that immediately makes it bad. Are you right? Okay, so I also wrote down the quote uh, early on. Mari, uh, Mari has a servant at her house, a maid named Flora, um, who is her only black friend or person she knows. Her dad is a uh, cop in a part during apartheid um, enforcing the racist policies again Mari the young girl had nothing to do with this it's just how she's raised and doesn't understand this so when she leaves it and goes to America great idea for her to expand her thoughts um what she has a quote that maybe go all right interesting she said I'm gonna I'm going to America to have fun not to learn anything and I wrote down then you came to the right place 
<laughs> because America, we have some issues. Quite a few. I'm also shocked they actually mentioned mentioned apartheid, but I'm so glad they did it. Like it wasn't like, just like a casual thing either. It was actually like the driving force. There's there's a surprising amount of like heavy adult content in this film. And I was just like, is this this can't be rated TVG? And it's rated TVG. Yeah. Like the I, um framed suicide of a, of a, a prominent protester, which then like revealed to be an assassination pretty much because he was beaten to death. Insane. There's that. There's a talk of apartheid. There's a conversation between the two girls, um, which has racial slurs in it. And like Oh yeah, they say the N-word in this. And it twice. Yeah. And I, I was shocked. The fact that Disney not only made this movie and that it exists, but that you have that scene and everything else in the movie and it's still aired unedited, that is shocking to me. And it's from the year 2000. Even more shocking. I would love to see this again from a child's point of view. Like if, I could, if I could watch this, like, ten, like five-year-old me, you know, experience this, it'd be so much different. Oh, yeah. It very would... fascinating how it go. Yeah, this is definitely a film I would say for young kids to watch, especially uh, young white kids. Like this is this would definitely be a very big eye opener. When there's like small microaggression lines that are so powerful, like it reminded me of our friend Taj's film White Mirror, actually, for some of the lines. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a line when they pick when Mari, the the white child from South Africa, she comes to America, to D.C. uh, at the airport. uh, The people wait for her. Are her host family, who are all black, the only black people that she knows, are servants pretty much. So she immediately says, she goes to them and says, "Oh, great, I have two bags," and then kind of just walks away. I'm like, "Oh my god, okay." Not only does she not know that that's the host family, but she immediately assumes that that's what that her job is to be servant. Like, there's so many small moments like that that really make the film feel real, and I was just impressed. Yeah, I saw I saw someone, I think it might have been on Letterbox, say that they thought that this was going to be Green Book for kids. And yeah. it, def- it definitely is not. Green Book, and it's very apparent the difference of when you have white people trying to tell a story like this and when you have black people telling a story like this. One does it quite badly, and one does it very well. Can you guess which one is which? <laughs> Piper is the, the daughter who's the host family. Um who, you know, did the foreign exchange program to get an exchange student from Africa. There's a conversation that the parents have, uh, Mari, uh, P- Piper's parents together about what to do about this kid because um, this congressman is fighting apartheid and trying to free uh, black people in South Africa and make it a better system. And now he has someone who is a daughter of an apartheid cop in his house. So that's a very complex situation. That if you don't watch the movie at all, go to that timestamp. Go to Disney Plus. Go to the 35-minute mark or like 34-minute mark or whatever. Listen to that scene. So well done. My biggest issue I had with the film, which is still true, is that it's kind of treating America, like to juxtapose it to South Africa, as an anti-racist place where like race relations are perfect and fine. And it's not. And I, it was a little bit... I think there should have been some... St- small moments where it's like oh things aren't perfect here still but it's still a better place yeah but i think that if they had done that then it would have been harder to show uh 
to show Mari's growth and change because then she would have seen, you know, white people treating black people like that. And then she would have been like, oh, wait, so that happens here. Oh, OK, so I could still act normal. I could still act fine. It'd be, it, it's a very different situation from what was happening in South Africa and her. But it still would have made it difficult to show her growth and her change if we had seen that. So while it would have been more realistic to show that it's it wouldn't have made it it would have made it more difficult for the story to trans transpire the way that it needed to also to clarify i'm not actually asking for more racism i know i know you're not <laughs> I realized that I sounded like, you know what? there's not enough here i mean it, it felt a bit wrong showing because i know this film was targeted towards small children so showing america as its private non-racist place could have problematic intentions in our real world is all i was trying to say about that that's all you could have a piper say something like a one line would have been enough to me not actually showing racism again I think it paints America just a little bit too perfect. That's all I was trying to say. Like the mall stuff you're talking about earlier. It's very campy. It's very kitschy and silly. I, I understand why it's here. So they're bonding as friendships. But it also, it, because it doesn't touch on the narrative at all, a little weird to have. Yeah, you go from that scene then to like immediately after like the South Af- people from the South African embassy come to take her away. Like the tone shift, it does not work. <laughs> oh yeah, let's, let's talk about that, Josh. Go ahead. Oh, about the tone shift? No, but the South African embassy stuff. Ah, uh, how do I talk about this in a serious, non-comedic way? Hmm, this is a challenge for once. <laughs> okay, basically what happened? There's no real, like, hard way to talk about it. After someone, a, a very prominent black protester trying to fight apartheid in South Africa, died, was beaten by the police and then, then died from his injuries. Um, it was fragments of suicide on the media for a bit. And it came out to be, no, he was, he was killed by the police um, to help avoid riots. The South African embassy took Mari away for her safety because she was around black people and they were afraid that the black people were going to hurt her. So wrong. So many levels. Am I saying this correctly, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, but again, it's really well done, and it's not like beating you over the head with anything. You see it from Marty's point of view the entire time. So you see it, children watch this from a child's point of view on the screen, which makes it a lot easier to digest and a lot, and it helps make more sense on a more simple level. But oh my god, everything I just said happened in a Disney Channel original movie, the same genre as Brink and Can of Worms. The last two films we watched were Horse Sense and Up, Up, and Away. How do we go from those to this? Um, I don't think this film is something you need to watch now as a whole. I don't, I don't think it's, it's not the best example of this, this stuff done in film in the world, but it's not bad. I would say for little kids that this is a good way to start talking to them about this kind of stuff. Also, based on true story, crazy to me still. I am I am shocked that Disney just that they made this at all. The next decom we're watching, we're going from The Color of Friendship to Alley Cat's Strike. It's a movie about bowling, as it should be. Is Mario is that a real person? Uh, yes. I I on the IMDb trivia, uh, I think it was her name wasn't Mari. I think it was like Cindy or something like that. Well, I but hope she was, but she was a real person. I hope she was doing great after that point. 
hopefully i i don't want to be i'm i am not going to look into it because i'm hoping for the best also hope piper's doing great yeah yeah overall yay yay indeed next up we have news josh we do quite a few of it this is what we call a news dump We sometimes do these episodes from time to time, mainly when there have been long stretches that we have not been able to do a podcast episode. So we just dump all the news into one episode. Or we're out of topic ideas, which happened episode six. We talked about flashpoints versus the Snyderverse idea, which is basically just an extended part of the news. So kind of fun. Let's see how this goes. The first thing is this was in the news last time. We just didn't talk about it. And that was the DC shakeup that happened a little bit. Warner Bros. Uh, Discovery, uh, Discovery <laughs> are exploring an overhaul of DC Entertainment because Discovery uh, had a merger that bought out DC. My favorite thing about this DC shakeup, Discovery looked at what Warner Brothers is doing. It was just like, you have the most iconic superhero of all time, Superman, and you're not using him? <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. Um, I'm giving this shakeup overall a yay because I think it's going to help the, the DC films overall. I think Discovery actually taking charge and being like, okay, we're going to make this work and you're going to make it good. I'm That makes me happy. Agreed. Yay? Cause it, yes, because it's just a mess right now. Cool. Moving on. That was an easy one. <laughs> we're straight right. off great. wonder how long until we go on to a tangent. <laughs> All right, next one probably. Yes. I have very silly news. Ooh, I like news that's silly. I hope it's 100% true because I don't know the final sources, but like, guess what? I don't know. Jason Momoa as a man. Indeed. Guess what he's doing? Things. The Minecraft movie. I've heard this rumor. I have no idea this is true, but God, I really hope it is. Uh, it seems to be true. It seems like it's a, a confirmed thing. Yes, it's from The Hollywood Reporter. Wonderful. So this is an actual thing that's happening. He is lining up to be in the Minecraft movie as the lead. Um, Jared Hess, who directed Napoleon Dynamite, is directing the movie now. So I don't know what this movie's going to be, but God, I'm excited. I have no idea how this will go. Um, this, this is the way to market the movie. Just get a director that seems completely out there and get an actor that shouldn't even touch this. It's going to work beautifully. It'll be something all right. Is this a yay for you? Oh, it's a hard yay. Uh, me too. I have no idea what the plot of this movie is going to be like. I've played the game for about 10 years. There isn't a plot to this game. You just do what you want to do. As long as uh, there's blocks, you're, then you're golden. I can see maybe him going, the person trying to like beat the game. Main characters go through a journey, like they have to go and go through maybe, the other, defeat the Ender Dragon, defeat the Wither, stuff like that. Maybe this is going to be a spiritual sequel to Spy Kids 3D. Yes. We should have it so it's... um. Or like one like long world rings quest. The end goal is to get the dragon egg. Who knows? I have no idea. It'll probably be funny though because we have Jason Momoa. Indeed. Yay. Yay. Yes. Since we last recorded, we've had the teaser trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder. We've had high definition pictures released from Thor: Love and Thunder. We've had the actual official first trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder. Thoughts on all of it, Josh? I am very excited for it. I have full faith in Taika. However. My biggest complaint is they're doing the stupid uh, CG helmets where they don't actually wear helmets, but they CG them on. It is very annoying and very stupid, and it's very obvious they did it. 
this is not to dig on the animators because there's a lot they had to do. This is a dig on Marvel just doing this because this is not the first time they've done it. And it's very annoying. No, they probably didn't have a design yet for it. That's why it often has a shoot before they have final designs for everything. It's a Thor helmet. There's a lot of different designs. They had one in Ragnarok that they could have just used again. Or the one from Thor 1. They never used past one scene. Exactly. Like, this, it's not a complicated helmet to make. Uh, same problem with uh, Jane's helmet, that Thor. Wait, I think they did this because of Peacemaker's helmet from the Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. Because James Gunn, you know, it was a very difficult thing to shoot around. They had to do a lot of animation on it to make sure that, you know, you didn't have the reflections of the people in it. Yeah. So I guess they just decided to avoid that completely and just make the helmet not be there at all. Indeed. That's, that's most of what I've heard, actually, is that it's because of Peacemaker. Which, if that's just the case and, it, and it's not going to be there, then just don't have the helmet at all then. Uh, I think the Mighty, Thor, the Mighty Thor needs a helmet. I know, but still, I would rather have there be no helmet and look fine and have there be a weird non-helmet there and look off. I don't mind that much, the helmet. That's not my biggest problem. My, I, oh, we've been, I've thought this to death already. Ragnarok's not my favorite movie. Um, I have problems with the shift they did with Thorson's character. But overall, this will be a fun time, and I like fun. I'm a little bit nervous because I don't like how Taika handled the actual story of Ragnarok and the death of all Asgard. And so now we have Gore the God Butcher, who I know we didn't... I We recorded a super weird story about Gore the God Butcher last time. I didn't put it in because we were over time. But he's a, a very dark character. So I'm very interested to see how this is going to go um, with Christian Bale's Gore the God Butcher. I also wish Christian... I wish that Gore this had his like long tendrils on his head like he's supposed to have. But I, I think the creepy aesthetic and vibes that they gave him, I think works very well. And I'm very happy that it's all practical and none of it is like he's not like a CG character. Ooh, I wanted it heavily to be a CG character. Like like ah, like Thanos yeah. level style. Yeah. Well, because otherwise you don't get someone who he doesn't, he doesn't he does not really look like go the God Butcher at all. He looks like a new character. And that's fine to me still, too. But anyway, overall looks fun. We got we got King Valkyrie. Uh, looking for her queen, which will probably be the amazing icon of the mighty Thor. I'm very excited for everything in this film. It's going to be great. Also, our current Chris Hemsworth Thor will probably stop being called Thor at this point and go by just Odin's son, which is also okay. Can't wait to see the fans get mad that even though they're supposed to know this information, but they actually don't know the information. Yeah, people ask for more comic accurate stuff. They get mad when they get comic accurate stuff. Happens all the time. I love it, and I also hate it. Uh, but Jane Foster in the comics, I'm also nervous because I don't want to see her be all dying, which is what the entire point of this of the Mighty Thor is about. Um, so Jane Foster in the comics uh, gets cancer, and it's very tragic. Um, and one of the reasons they had her have cancer and then be able to wield Mjolnir was because it showed that no matter uh, how well, what your disease does to you, you can still be worthy. And it's a beautiful message. Um, the problem with it also is that the hammer, every time she builds it and becomes the mighty Thor, it makes her condition worse. Ah, we love that. So it's going to be a bit of a sad journey at some point, probably this movie, Josh. Wonderful. Yay! Can't wait. But it looks fun. Other than that, and the God Butcher, Russell Crowe as Zeus. That's um, fun. I'm very excited for Russell Crowe's Zeus. I don't know how much he's going to be in the film, but just Russell Crowe being Zeus is enough to get me to see the movie. I heard people want Rob McElhaney as Hercules. 
Yes. Would you like that? Oh my god, yes. Um, overall fun time. If you don't know uh, Gore's entire point is, uh, as a he was marooned on this planet and he was dying and his family was dying and everyone around him was having terrible conditions. Uh, he watched and prayed every day for the gods to help him. They never did. And eventually he saw the gods partying and having fun. And he vowed to kill every god that exists in every religion. Which, like, I get it. <laughs> it's quite, it's quite a lot, but I mean, like, he's got goals and aspirations. <laughs> yeah, but don't we all? Also, he has a thing called the Necrosword, which we see in the trailer. In the comics, it is made of a king symbiote, a very powerful creature, and it's very powerful sword. It'll probably will not be made of the same material in this movie because it's Disney, not Sony. But anyway, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. It's probably going to be a, a cool sword. Yeah, I like cool swords. So, for Love and Thunder, all the pictures we've seen, all the trailers so far, you would overall enjoy and give a yay to? Indeed. I would agree. Woo! So, the last two episodes, we've talked about the myth, the legend, the human being. The non-binary person, Ezra Miller. Has Hawaii kicked them out yet? I feel like at this point they I, need to. I have more news, though. Hold on. We have two things about Ezra Miller in this episode. The first thing is that the last episode, we talked about an emergency meeting that WB had, which apparently never actually happened to halt Ezra Miller in future projects. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and another thing is they're arrested again two more times in Hawaii since we last recorded. Um, what? <laughs> nay. Nay. Stop. <laughs> please stop. Get get some help at this point, please. Nothing we say now will be new for what we said the last two episodes. <laughs> we just like to reiterate, Ezra Miller, please get some help. <laughs> but again, it, it should affect the DCEU. It's not affecting the DCEU currently. As we'll far see. as we know... We don't know. There was a rumor, and then a while ago, two weeks ago, about Dill O'Brien replacing Ezra Miller as Barry Allen, and then the rumor it was said immediately at week this is untrue, not happening. So, who knows what's happening? Yeah? Yeah. You like Squirrel Girl? Uh, Squirrel Girl is indeed a character that I know most nothing about, but that she can destroy everyone. Yeah, her nickname was the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Uh, I could do a whole super story about her one time if you want me to, because she has a really cool history um, and how she came to be, because she didn't used to be this really cool character. She's currently a college student, by the way, the character in the comics. So she's one of us, Josh. I know we're not college students anymore. No. Crazy. We're, we're adults working for the man. We're both unemployed currently. I am well, not unemployed, you are, sir. You're, you're a movie <laughs> your job. Never mind. But Squirrel Girl was going to be in a, in a live action show called The New Warriors. Um, about a year and a half, two years ago, that show got canceled. Milena Ventrum, who you probably know as the AT&T girl, um, she was cast as the middle school girl in live action in this show. There's even set pictures of her with a giant tail. Fun, very fun pictures. <laughs> giant squirrel tail. I think it's squirrel ears. It looks silly and fun. I like silly and fun things, don't you? Yes. So that show was canned. Um, however, she is now, Marvel has announced, a Squirrel Girl, the Unbeatable Radio Show. Uh, it's a six-part audio drama from writer Ryan North that will continue North's four-year comic run on the character. He, he is the most popular run of the character that's ever been put to date on, on comics. Um, and now he's writing a continuation of her while she's in college, 
talking about her college radio shows. I think it is. Yeah. Fun. That's very fun to me. And Melania Vandrov, who was going to play her in New Warriors, is now playing her in this. She has also voiced her in a number of animated um, shows and other things. Um, so she very much loves this character. And I this it's she's great. I, I love her and everything I've seen her in. Which is so random to me. I, and I love it. Like it's it's odd to me how she loves this character so much. Like how this character came to be part of like synonymous with her, despite her never actually playing the role in person or anything. It's very fun. Yes. And if you need, and if you only know her from the AT and T stuff, then please go and watch the movie Werewolves Within. She is not only fantastic in that; the film itself is fantastic and very fun. Josh, I just see a picture of her with the giant squirrel tail and squirrel ears from New Warriors on Discord. That is, in fact, a giant squirrel tail and squirrel ears. Is it fun? Indeed. Yeah. So she's unbeatable because uh, it's a kind of a jab at the idea that writers can just that it's always a jab at the idea of. Who would win in a fight, blank or blank, Superman or Batman or uh, Green Lantern or Galactus? It's whatever the writer wants to win. That's the idea of the joke. And so she is the joke. She is unbeatable because she can go off panel and defeat Thanos and say, and then the watcher comes on panel and says, I confirmed it. I saw it happen. It drew. <laughs> that actually happened. Like he did, like she defeated like Dr. Doom, Thanos, and like Galactus. And then the watcher came down and said, This is verified. These are actually the people. And she defeated them. So this radio show podcast thing, yay. Yay. I like content. That's fun. Here's the thing, Josh. More Zack Snyder news. Oh, yay. Here's some pictures if you want context. Uh, Zack Snyder shared these images, stating that production has begun on his next film called Rebel Moon. Cool, I guess. Him making a big space sci-fi epic opera, whatever you want to call it. I I have many mixed feelings about. Did he write this? (laughs) I hope not. I think he did. Uh, the pictures look cool. The armor looks Kryptonian, like similar design to what we saw before. The cast is great. And Snyder has a great eye for casting most of the time. I cannot tell you a single person in Army of the Dead aside from Dave Batista. But other than that, he's great at casting. Like the this DC cast stuff, is pretty stacked. The DC stuff he cast really well. But yeah, these three images we got so far look fine. I guess yay on the images. He co-wrote the screenplay. Okay. So nay on the images. Uh, What did the writers, what did they they write? Not much. (laughs) Okay. I, Josh, do you have an answer? Oh boy. Um, I'm going to give it an indifferent yay. It it looks cool. Uh, An indifferent yay for now. Nay to be contrarian. I decided just now. I, that's fine with me. I don't care. Anyway, I don't mind Zack Snyder as a person or as a, a filmmaker in general. I think Josh and I both like we're kind of mixed on him as, as a, in general, his style, everything. As a person, I got nothing against him. As a filmmaker, dear God, people, the, to the Snyder cult, he's not the only filmmaker and he is not a god among men. Can we please stop with that? Please. Thank you. That's all I will say. Josh, I like BVS, but that doesn't make, make him a god. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> that's, that's not one movie does not make God across the Spider-Verse, Josh. It's been delayed to June 2nd, 2023. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What? That was that was my... <laughs> are you sad? Yes. But also, good for them to actually delay and not just rush something out. Yeah. I'm Unlike always... some other uh, superheroes that we'll be talking about uh, later. What do you mean, Josh? What are you referring to? <laughs> are you referring to Morbius 2? It's Mormon time? Not specifically. That film, rush it as fast as you can. Get it. I, I, want, I want it. If I want it, I mean, I don't. Burn it in my small section I'm calling spunk shit. So, oh, so nay on across fire Larry, yay. That's a weird thing. Nay, because I want it as soon no, as possible, but also I will be, say how I feel like it. I'm giving it a yay because it helps the animators have more time. Yeah, I guess. So, Spunk, the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. I hate the name. They still have that name. They have, we have two pieces of news from Spunk, Josh. Yay. And only three, because for a, a whole straight week, the phrase, it's Morbin time, as well as the phrase Morbius, have been trending on Twitter. Can we please stop memeing Morbius, please? The more you meme it, the more likely we're getting a sequel. It tanked at the box office. That doesn't mean they won't make a sequel. First thing is Madam Web, starting to code Jonathan and Sydney Sweeney, will release on July 7th, 2023. We got a release date now. Or release date change, looks like. But that's, that's still fine. That seems really soon. Have they even started filming? I don't think so. But honestly, if the script is decent, which we'll see, and if it's like a solid, like, you could shoot a feature film in a month. So we'll see. 
like the track record of the spunk movies in terms of having films that are written is not very high. Films that are written? What do you mean? They're all written. Have you seen Morbius? There was a script. I didn't say it was good. <laughs> There's a script. That doesn't mean they used it. <laughs> they just had to make up someone's set. Everyone was just too scared to tell them. I don't know. Uh, also, other piece of news is that Craven the Hunter will now be the next Spider-Man related project to be released. Cool. It's I guess. I, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, it's going to be released on January 13th. I'm happy that his career is having like a bit of a resurgence recently. Although I feel like that if this does bad, it's not going to do great for his career. My favorite thing is the reply to this tweet from our friend, wholesome film doc Bueller. He replied that tweet saying, can't wait to see Aaron Taylor Johnson in this role. The picture of Evan Peters. Um, <laughs> I love that so much. But yes, Craven, I'm vaguely interested in. Sure. I'm going to give, I don't care about, uh, I'm going to give a nay to the Madam Web release date because it feels fast, uh, but also because I want more time for Madam Web to be good. I don't think Craven will be, but I want to see it. What's the release month that they're tracking for? Uh, For which? For Craven. Craven is January 2023. Oh, no. January January is synonymous in Hollywood for being the month of where they will just put out their garbage because they're focusing on their Oscar stuff. Oh, God. They already don't have high hopes for it. Also, it's soon. Well, I think they were filming it like a couple of weeks ago, so they might either be close to finishing or they might already be done with filming. And then Madam Web is July 7th, 2023, two months later. I'll give a yay to Craig because I want to watch the crash and burn of Spunk being fast. Um, and Madam Webb, I'll give it next. Actually, I do want that one to be good. I like City Sweeney and Dakota Johnson a lot. And I think maybe you can do great. I just want this to stop. Is that a nay to both then, Josh? This Spunk news? It's a nay to both because they're also doing El Muerte, a character that appeared in two comics. Oh, yeah. I never mentioned that on this. I, yeah. I don't really care. It's uh, so stupid. <laughs> I could do a super story on that, Josh, on his whole life. If you want me to at some point. The whole two issue life of this one character. Yeah, there's there are details, and his plot actually could work for a movie. Like genuinely, is interesting. His plot is not synonymous with Spider Man, like at all. So you don't need you don't need Spider Man for it. So then why make this at all then? Anyway, Neon Spunk. Yeah. Okay. Casey Affleck has been casting Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Has he been in a Nolan film yet? I don't think I so. I don't think he... No, he was. He was an interstellar. I remember now. I think I've seen Casey Affleck in literally... No, oh, no. Good Will Hunting. Never mind. But not much. He's not barely in it. Watch Manchester by the Sea. Uh, he does amazing in that. Okay. And also Ocean's Eleven he's in, so I should watch that at some point. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go to this one in Nag. I don't... This cast is too big and too white. It's just too many people, and nope. they're all white. <laughs> Nolan was like, I'll cast a non-white person in Tenet. That's the best I can do. Uh, also, the story is, like, whitewashed completely, because it was actually black people who made this happen. Anyway, I'm going to this one to Nay. Josh? I, I don't care, Nay. <laughs> Matt Reeves! It's a person. He's done things, like the Batman. Hey, I saw that. And Robert Pattinson. Rob He's Bat, Bat, and Bat. Thing- right, right. Rob Bat, Bat, and Bat. He's done things like the Batman. And apparently they're both now going to return for the Batman sequel. I'm fine with this. I like it. Give me more of this. 
give me Robin in this universe. There's so many directions you can go to with this. So I'm excited. This is your sad part, Josh. Oh, goody. Justin Lin will no longer direct Fast X due to creative differences. The film's uh, production has been halted. This makes me sad. <laughs> there are millions of dollars being wasted right now because they have to also have to hold actors up. Because... Well, they, they've already got a new director. Oh, I know. But like, at the time, they had to hold actors up because of the problem, because of this. And like keep paying their contracts out because to make them not do other movies and stuff. It was yeah. a mess. It's um, it makes me very curious, like because he ha- himself hasn't confirmed this, but insiders that like know him, uh, apparently like working with Vin Diesel on this was very difficult. Hold on, that's my update. Oh, I on. didn't know. Go on. I'll go. So the update is was it's because of Vin Diesel. It is like it's been pretty much confirmed by New York Daily News that Diesel Diesel shows up like the set. He doesn't know his lines and it shows up out of shape. So he's like not taking it seriously at all. And that's what drove um, Justin Lin off the project. Which is fascinating to me because this is like not only his franchise, but like he's had to like defend himself like against like Dwayne Johnson, like when they were having their feud about it. And like he was just like, this is like, I care so much about this. Like this is everything to me. And to hear this is baffling to me. Like it's weird. Because Vin Diesel is just too famous and thinks he can get away with anything, I guess, at this point. I guess. But like, um, what the hell? Nay on the Fast X losing director of Justin Lin? Nay, very much so. He knows how to do these films well. And it's sad to see him gone. I, again, I've seen one, two, four, five, six, seven. And I've now seen, I have them all, so I'll watch them all. I've seen them all, and the ones that he directs is very... When he Which starts ones were making, his? Did he do the Dubai one with the towers he, in the car? No, that was uh, James Wan. Um, oh, that's he, fun. But he did three, four, five, six, and nine. So seven is the Dubai one? Yes. Ah, okay. Is five the one of the plane? No, that's six. Five is the heist in Rio. Okay, uh, they're the same movie, Josh. No, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Um, our, my mutual on TikTok, Marley, would disagree with me on that one. I disagree with you on that one. Okay, Avatar 2. We've gotten now pictures. We've gotten a trailer. We've gotten a release date. The release date is now this year. On the, uh, it'll be here in December. Every year they kept saying that it's coming out this year, and now we actually have documented proof it's coming out this year. So that's wild, right? I guess. I just want to know how big of a response this is going to get from people because it's been well over a decade since the first film. And, like, do people actually care? I know there's some fans of the first film, like, online, but, like, the general population at this point, do they care? It's been 13 years. <laughs> like, we all know the reason people saw the first film was because of 3D. That was why it is the highest grossing movie of all time, was because it brought 3D back into the limelight and it looked cool. But, like, now the 3D gimmick, you know, it's been well past its time. So, like, now you just have blue alien monkey people. I think visually, it's still pretty. It's still very good. The effects are very well done. But I, that's not enough for me. No. I only care about the story and characters. And the first one to me it's had just lackluster story and characters. The first film is just Ferngully and Pocahontas in one. Have you seen Ferngully? Have I ever seen the first or second one? I, I saw one great. of them. Yeah, it's just, it was literally supposed to be about the Native American people and the horrors they had faced. But because it wasn't overt enough, people I know actually missed that narrative. And that's upsetting. Yeah. 
Also, Unobtainium is the name of the rock they're after. Look, James Cameron is a very good writer and director. That was some stupid writing. I don't love the first Avatar film. I'll watch it again before this one. I, I will see it again. I don't but, think I've seen it in over a decade, and I bought it recently, and it comes with an extended version. I don't know if I want to watch the extended version or not. My girlfriend loves Avatar, the first one, and she also loves it because she's in Disney World, and it has they have the Pandora experience, whatever. Uh-huh. And so she gets like ride on a banshee and do cool stuff like that. That sounds fun. That sounds more fun than the movie is. I think that film was the first time I saw a sex type scene in a movie. The braids. The braids. So my next note, I called Chip and Dale go to Mars for no reason. Uh, oh, wait, yay or nay on the Avatar 2 trailer and release date? I guess an indifferent yay. I finally get to stop seeing updates that the film is coming out this year. I'm giving it a nay. I want it to stop. It's been too long, Jim. I want it to be called The Seed Bearer and every sequel after it to be called The Seed Bearer Part 2, Part 3, and Part 4. <laughs> it is. Look, there's something that's called The Way of Water. We do have The Seed Bearer. We have... doesn't matter. The Crops of Our Loins. Some other weird stuff, you know? Who cares? Yes. Anyway, Chip and Dale. I wish they actually went to Mars, don't you? I want 50 more movies in this universe. So we wa- well, we both watched... Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Fun time. Oh, so much fun. I loved it. Uh, yeah, I think it's like, it's all right. I think I don't think it's an incredible plot. Like it's the same plot as Roger Rabbit, genuinely. I um, was not, I, I knew what the story was going to be. Like it was, you know, the whole mystery kind of thing, Roger Rabbit type angle. So going in, I was expecting, I wanted to see what they could do with this world. Cause they, and I have a review on my YouTube channel where I go into this a lot more, but like there's so many different styles of animation in this film. It's crazy. Yeah. I think it's really cool to see that. Again, I don't think it's super original because it's really to me the beat for beat, very similar to Roger Rabbit, but like, it's still really fun. And I like fun. I, I didn't. I needed Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> the, I love that uh, Mario is what broke him, not Roger Rabbit. <laughs> that just shows you how good of a director Zemeckis was. If uh, having Bob Hoskins act, act against nothing didn't break him, but something like Mario did. Uh, yay to that movie, though. Oh, hard yay. The amount of cameos alone is enough for a yay. I also now have. Uh, yeah, yay. It's fun. If you have Disney Plus and you have kids, it's very much kind of spoofing a lot of just movie culture in general, like bootleg animated films, <laughs> like um, Ugly Sonic. My girlfriend's dad had no idea that it was a reference to it. And that was I, dumb, so he had never seen Sonic or heard about the whole controversy of that. So I love that so much. You have to be in the loop with a lot of film stuff to understand a lot of the references to get the jokes, but it's fun. Cancellation, Stupor Highway. We have canceled shows, canceled movies. Things happen that are no longer existing. Let's see how many of these I actually care about. Batwoman is being canceled. I have not seen it, so it does not matter to me. It's still rude to people like the show. Whatever. I'm aware. I'm not saying. Uh, I'm. Not, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter to them. I'm just saying that it doesn't matter to me. This show has had a tragic run, genuinely, and I wish things went better for it. Yeah. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Genuinely, apparently, like a great show. Why does it, I don't know why it's being canceled? Like people are loving this. I think it just might not have like the audience draw that they're uh, hoping for. I've heard like nothing bad about it past season one, like at all. Like yeah. I stopped from season one because I didn't like season one. But apparently, every episode of the since then has been just so much fun. Yeah, we've had a giant teddy bear. I love him. Another one being canceled. Riverdale is being canceled. That's what that is. I feel like now I'm obligated to actually watch the show because it's going to be going into its last season. You watched all of Titans. You can watch Riverdale. Oh, God. Don't remind me of Titans. 
here's another, another thing. The Wonder Twins movie with KJ Apa from Riverdale has been canceled. Oh, no. <laughs> it was announced and canceled like within a month. Because Discovery realized this is a stupid idea for a movie to do right now. You can do a Wonder Twins movie. Not yet. Not yet. Prioritize making a goddamn Superman movie first. Uh, I don't want to give you... I'll give overall nay because seeing less art is always sad to me. Yeah. Fantastic Four. The director, John Watts, has left the project. He directed... Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Spider-Man No Way Home, as well as some uh, other like indie horror stuff. But isn't that a lot, really? And I think he wants to branch out past superheroes now. I think it's, I think it's a smart idea. I because like it, he's been with Marvel now since at least 2016, if not if not earlier than that. So like wanting to take a break from that is very understandable. Yeah, it's been it will then at, at that point be a decade of being with this one company and like, only for that company making movies. So totally do your own thing. And like now that he made No Way Home, which is like the sixth highest grossing movie of all time or something like that, like he's got that blank check to make whatever he wants now. He can use the credibility um, to do something he never would have been able to do without it. But also like it sucked because I liked his movies. Yeah. I am excited because I want to see what a new filmmaker brings to the table. Bring in someone who's not done a superhero film before. Just don't do what they bring do. In, actually, no, bring in Brad Bird, please. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. He's done the Incredibles. He's done the Iron Giant. Like he he can get the family dynamics so good, so well. M- Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. That is all I need to say. Make by Bird, the Fantastic Four director. If he wants to do it, I'm fine with that. You and I should direct it. Co-directors, let's do it. Sure, why not? We'd have fun. What happened next, Josh? Oh yeah, TV shows. Stranger Things season four started, as well as Kenobi. I, I I reiterate them splitting up Stranger Things the way that they did is very stupid. Why either release it weekly or release it all at once? I am glad it's not all at once right now because it allows people to actually because as you get spoilers for the finale of the whole season day one. I've already had things spoiled for me because I couldn't catch up yet. So like I'm glad it's not all at once. So my brother's the same way because a lot of people just don't have time for that. It, I wish it was weekly. I wish it was a weekly show. Netflix really needs to actually start doing weekly releases because the binge model is not benefiting their company at all. Also, um, their episodes are just too long. They're, ha- they're having feature-length episodes They're now. so long. The last episode of the season, which doesn't come out until July 1st, is like two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's four episodes you can do, three episodes you can do. But exactly. It should be... I don't want a movie as an episode of TV show. If That's, this was, if that was like the actual f- series finale, then I could understand a bit more. But that's just, it's just the end of the fourth season. There's still another season to go. It's basically just a sequel film to a season at that point. It, it doesn't make sense at all. To I that. don't know. At that point, just call it more episodes. Just make it like 15 episodes and all like, you know, 45 minutes or something. You know what I mean? It's weird. Anyways. Anyway, <laughs> season four coming out is a gay overall, though. I love Stranger Things. So far, I'm liking it. I like uh, Kenobi started. You've watched the first two episodes. I've only seen the first episode. I still need to watch the second episode. But, but you I, like it? I, I'm intrigued of where it's going. And it actually is classified as a mini series. So this is going to be the only season of it. Good. I hope so. Protect these kids at all costs, though. No more Jake Lloyd level bullying on children, please, in the Star Wars community. Oh, I was so confused where you were going with that. Like Luke and Leia, young kids. I know we're going to. I've always seen people bullying young Leia online people they are children 
It's insane. I've also literally seen sexual comments about them now. I hate the internet. I hate it, it so much. It is the worst. Leave these kids alone, please. No child deserves the hatred that Jake Lloyd got or even the Hattie Christensen got. I'm glad he's getting love again. I don't think his performance was incredible in those movies, the prequels, but I don't think it's a fully a him thing. That is most definitely a writing and direction thing because there ha- he's gotten work afterwards and he's shown that he can act, so it was not him. As Harrison Ford once said, you can write this stuff, but you sure as hell can't say it about the dialogue in Star Wars. Oh, that is for damn sure. But overall, these two shows starting and coming out and being fun again, yay? Yay. Yay. Nicole Kidman won't stop, Josh. How so? The AMC ad for Nicole Kidman. The CEO <laughs> Adam of AMC, Adam Aron, uh, reveals that Nicole Kidman's AMC ad campaign will continue to play in theaters through the rest of 2022. I'm fine with this. I expect in 2023 to be getting a sequel to it. I'm upset at the Oscars. They didn't parody this. They should have. Look, the Oscars happened, and that's all we need to say about it. Also, I have a Coke now. Wonderful. Yes. But yay on this. It's silly news, but it's fun news. A lot of people hate the Nicole Kidman campaign thing because it's like, you're going to add for AMC while you're at an AMC. But if you go a lot, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. The first few times, like, okay, I'm tired of this. But now it's like, oh, wait, hold on. It comes back around. I'm now loving this again. Yay. Yay. Other news. Honestly, else that I have watched more than you have, which is rare. And that is Doctor Who. That is a thing that you've seen more. I've seen an episode. You've seen an episode. The first episode of the uh, reboot in 2005. Not reboot, continuation. Sorry. So Doctor Who has officially cast the next Doctor. The problem with this, not with the actor, not, I mean with the idea of this. Do you know much about the Doctor Who in general, about how they regenerate? No. So the Doctor, Time Lords have a certain amount of like, lives regenerated to. It's been refreshed a few times now to keep the show going because obviously the problem is when you at the past since uh capaldi jody and now the new it's like chuti gatwa uh n-c-u-t-i space g-a-t-w-a he's in sex education fantastic actor he's great he's great i've heard only good things i've seen clips of him he seems fantastic i think he'd be a great doctor um uh kuti gatwa i think i don't know if the n is silent i don't know if the n is silent okay but the thing about this is that it removes a bit of the stakes. We used to watch Doctor Who, like for Matt, for David Tennant, for instance, I didn't know when the Doctor was being replaced. Um, you don't, they didn't used to announce it. It used to just be, the announcement would come after the episode airs that we got a new Doctor. Because then you'd be like, oh, what, what happened? The Doctor died? It's supposed to be a jarring thing in the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now when you announce it, you expect it the night of waiting for the doctor to, to slip up and die and get regenerated. Do you know what I mean? And was it by the stakes in that? Okay. Does that make sense at all? What I'm trying to say? I, I think I get it. I think so once I actually, some, at some point the, when I sit down and watch the show, I'll understand it more. Yeah. So the doctor regenerates. When the doctor dies, he has another form he can re- regenerate into using his life force. Only a certain amount of them. Imagine you got like just 12 lives in Mario or whatever. But each one is a different form. And so it's it's a lot of high stakes when he gets killed. It's like, oh, shoot, that's one of your lives gone forever now. As well as, oh, who, what, what's, your, what's your new personality? Be like, What's your new uh, aesthetic? Your new, and a lot of things change in how they are because it's a different form. And that's a really cool thing to be surprised on the screen. 
But when you announce it, everyone just waits for it to happen. And this has happened with Capaldi. It's happened with Jody Whitaker. And it is, it's not as fun. Not that I watch consistently anymore. I want to. I'm trying to catch up now, actually. But it's a lot. Because the remake, the restart started in 2005. And we're in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should watch a bit more, though. It's very fun. And Chris Raggleson was done dirty in Throw the Dark World as Malekith. A lot of things were done dirty in that film. Anyway, yay on this actor, though. Yay, but, indeed. I am very excited. Uh, he seems great. Also, the first Black Doctor is fantastic. Um, because the Doctor is an alien that can be any form. If you're bad at this, go away. <laughs> it's <laughs> science fiction. Who cares? Well, it's literally a, a Time Lord alien who has an infinite number of forms that they can take in that are human-looking. And the odds of them being always a white man is interesting. So I'm glad it's changing. Yay on Kuti Gatwa being cast. Yay. Yay. Cool. Moving on to the Walken Dune Man. Christopher Walken was cast in a movie called Dune 2 Electric Boogaloo. I'm fine with this. What if it was actually called that, Josh? Would you like that? I would be very fine with that. He is cast specifically as the Emperor, which is the guy above Skarsgård. I'm very curious to see what Walken's look will be. Because it's going to be an interesting look for sure. If Skarsgård looked like that, (laughs) oh boy. Christopher Walken, I think the the earliest thing that I've seen them in was Batman Returns. I thought you were going to say the Country Bears. Oh my god. Oh. I, I, I probably saw Country Bears before I saw Batman Returns, but Batman Returns is earliest in his career I think I've seen. I have no idea what the earliest thing I've seen him in was. But he's a good actor. Yes. Very distinct voice. You know he was Hook on the live recording of Peter Pan? Oh, I'm aware. Oh, it was very silly. Peter, Peter Pan, I'm, I'm going to get you. <laughs> it's very silly. I th- the casting director knew what they were doing. Yay on Walking and Dune 2? Yay. Here's a news piece that you might like. But you don't like the live-action Beauty and the Beast, right? Uh, no, I do not. Do you like Dan Stevens, who played the Beast? I do. What have you seen him besides that? I've seen him at the sort of X-Men spinoff show Legion when that came out. Oh, right. Um, that, That's good enough. Uh, there's, and I've seen him in other things that I just can't think of, but he's a very good actor. Dan Stevens will be reuniting with the guest director, Adam Wingard, on a legendary sequel to Godzilla vs. Kong 2. Which, so are they going to fight again? Yes. I get their animals and like, you know, that just happens. I haven't finished the, I haven't seen the first one yet. I've seen uh, the 2014 Godzilla and I've seen Kong Skull Island. Now I have to watch Godzilla King of the Monsters and then this. It's a weird universe of it movies. Is. I like the first two I saw. Yeah, 2014 Godzilla is a film that I don't think gets enough credit. Kong I Skull love Island. Skull Island. Skull Island, I need to rewatch. From what I remember, I thought that it had some fun action moments, but there was just way too many characters for me to get attached to. King of the Monsters was a lot of fun, and Godzilla vs. Kong was a lot of fun. But Godzilla vs. Kong 2 is a very funny sentence to me. <laughs> or title. I mean, look, just throw in some other big monsters in there. Why not keep make every sequel to have it be Godzilla vs. Kong vs. Mothra versus Dracula. Yeah, Dracula. Frankenstein. The man. <laughs> the human man. Ah, uh, he just gets squashed. Nom nom. I'm gonna give this a nay because I don't think Godzilla vs. Kong 2 is a good idea. Yeah, it's a bit odd. But Dan Stevens being cast, Josh, what do you think? I'm fine with that. I don't have any qualms against it. 
Yay or nay? Uh, yay, I guess. Cool. Ever heard of Steve Carell? That, I think so. And Domino Gleason of think... uh, Peter Rabbit fame? <laughs> Specifically only for Peter Rabbit. Nothing no, else. He is amazing in About Time. And in I like his General Hux for the first two movies. <laughs> yeah. Donald yeah. Gleason's great. Uh, and Steve Carell and him are going to be in a Hulu movie premiering on August 30th called The Patient. Or not a movie, series premiering on August 30th on Hulu. A psychological thriller show following a therapist held prisoner by a patient who reveals himself to be a serial killer and asks him to curb his homicidal urges. That's right. I remember hearing about this. This sounds very interesting. And I think, I'm guessing uh, Carell will be the therapist, not the patient. Oh my God, that'd be really cool reversed. It would be a very cool reverse. Um, I think it could go either way and be great. Watch it be comedic instead of a th- actual thriller. I would be confused. But I think this would be a really cool plot. I'm excited for this story. Um, sounds good. Yeah. Also, what a cool pairing. Yep. I love both of them. So, yay. Yay. Lord of the Rings. Do, uh, do I give a yay to that? Well, sure, if you want to. Okay, I'll give yay to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, the news is... Uh, it's going back to the video games again. EA is getting back into games with Lord of the Rings. Uh, uh, oh, no. <laughs> Why? Yeah, EA made a great many Lord of the Rings games in the past, including Lord of the Rings Conquest, uh, Battle of Middle-Earth 1 and 2, Tactics, The Third Age, etc. And they have a new partnership with Middle-Earth Enterprises. And it appears EA was among successful bidders and will be making new games in the Middle-Earth world. God. Damn it. A limited regional beta test for Heroes of Middle Earth will begin this summer. I hate EA with a passion. But you like Lord of the Rings gaming. I know, but they're an awful game studio. They've they've been awarded worst company multiple years in a row. Their business practices are awful and just everything that they've done with licenses like recently, like the Star Wars games, it's just terrible. So nay? It's a hard nay. Cool, moving on, nay. Barbies, the Barbie movie. We have more news. The the possible multiverse Barbie movie. So it is officially going to feature multiple canon of multiple Barbie. Issa Rae, Hari Neff, Margot Robbie are our main Barbie, while Ken is being Ryan Gosling, Simu Liu, and again, Kuti Gatwa. I'm cool. fine. I'm fine with this. This seems fun. And again, it's Greta Gerwig. All news this has been a yay for me so far. The evolution of this movie from when it was first announced has been fascinating. It first started out, as far as I'm aware, with Amy Schumer starring and writing it. Then it changed to Anne Hathaway starring in it. Then someone else. And now we have it actually being made. And it's just a completely different film now. Blue Beetle set picks, Josh. Oh, yeah. They look cool. Yeah. I don't know how familiar you are with Jaime Reyes. Um, I know. I know a tiny bit about him mainly because he was in Injustice 2. I'm going to show you a picture of how he looked in Smallville season 10. Is this a good look or a bad look? Indifferent. It's for the time and the money they had. Not bad at all, I think. It's like, it's very bulky because it had to be the time, but it, they tried. <laughs> like, it, for the budget, they had, for Smallville as a whole, not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not the worst. But guess, it also looks like it's a cheap cosplay. It looks, no, I wouldn't say cheap. Maybe that'd be a very expensive cosplay. But it looks like, it looks like a decent cosplay, not a, a TV show suit. It at least looks like a sort of beetle thing. It looks like the character. And then there's the uh, Jaime Reyes from a scrap of Blue Beetle TV show that's going to happen originally. Here we go. 
also not terrible for design. Yeah, that that looks better. Um, and now we have new design, which if you've seen the, have you seen the original concept art for it as well? No. Oh, it's right here. So this is the the movie Blue Beetle, which is now going to theaters too. I think it's not just not just HBO Max. Which I'm so happy about. Thank you, Discovery. Um, that's the concept art for Blue Beetle. Oh yeah, that looks fun. It looks like the suit, but also he's in there adding CGI because they have to because the character he's it's an alien scarab on his back. Yeah. I'm fine with some the CGI touch-ups. Is good. He has to have the the uh, scarab beetle like tendrils on his back doing things and lighting off the chest and stuff. It all looks cool though. The set pictures look fantastic. Yeah. And touch up a little bit with some CGI. I'm all good for that. You agree? Yep. Yay. Also, Jaime Reyes being a Hispanic superhero. Love to see it. Yep. Yay. Uh, moving on <laughs> to our last two pieces of news, Josh. We got the She-Hulk trailer. Oh, yeah. That comes out soon. Um, am, I for, am I excited for the show itself? Yes. Do I think they need to delay it to work on the CGI? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I, it, it's not horrendous to me. Uh, it's, it's it's not good, but also like that the CGI will never make or break a show for me. I can enjoy the story and characters. I watched TV CGI for my whole life. I don't, it's not a huge deal. But this is the entire main character, though. She is going to be CG for probably most of the show. And when it's that and it looks the way it does when it's nearing Polar Express levels of it's That's not to those. It's not to those levels. But it is not what Marvel is capable of. Fair. I would say that that in that case, because he looks in scale, a very similar in build to Tatiana Maslany already looks. They just paint her green at this point. <laughs> like, if you want to make her She-Hulk, make her a little bit bigger, I think. Because like how um, Encanto, Luisa, right? Mm-hmm. A great example for young girls about being, being feminine while still being very strong. And that worked really well. I think that the positive response to that, I think Disney should have gone a similar method with that for She-Hulk. Just push it back a couple months, give the artists more time to touch it up to make sure that it looks fine. Because she's also not the only CG character. You also got Hulk, Abomination. I think the villain is going to be fully CG. And who knows what else? So like, if She-Hulk looks like this, what is everyone else going to look like? But we're getting Wong again. I'm fine with Wong being in everything because he's Wong. That's not the problem here. <laughs> so overall, though, yay, the trailer looks fun. Yeah. Also, it's very in character. If you've not read any of She-Hulk before, first off, she breaks the fourth wall constantly. She did not rip off Daredevil. Oh, no, not Daredevil. Deadpool. Deadpool, <laughs> D- Deadpool did it after She-Hulk. Just saying. Also, it's not like an original thing. But She-Hulk is, again, alternate law. She loves, she's flirty. She goes on dates. She's like a badass character. She, superhero is not like her main priority ever. She kind of just does that on the side a bit. And that's kind of really cool. Uh, getting to see that part of the character. I'm loving it. Like seeing her going the, the match, like swiping app there. So fun to see. And at the end, like her picking up that guy walking across. <laughs> very fun. Very flirty. Love to see it. It's also fun seeing characters actually, you know, be heroes and also have lives. I like that. Also with She-Hulk specifically, the cage that Abomination was in, we did see in Shang-Chi in the, through the portal. Fun fact. I am. Also, it's almost the exact same design as the Avengers 1 cage for Hulk. So if you, look, if you compare those two images, it is the almost the exact same cage, meaning yep. they learned <laughs> this woodwork on Hulk. Let's try it again. And I like that. We're getting more Daredevil, Josh, and more Jessica Jones. I, oh boy, I have many conflicted feelings about this because I want Daredevil and I want these shows to come back, but I want it to be 
like you know the way it was before and it i'm not expecting it to go you know full r-rated but like just the way that it's shot the way that it's written is not how marvel is doing it and it has me worried okay i agree with that part i don't think it should be rated r i don't think daredevil almost ever should be like his comics are not that hard r in general they're usually a lot more tame in terms of like the kind of it's usually usually pg-13 level content um but they could still go that route because the because their shows are on Disney Plus now, right? And they are not censored, so like they still could go back to that route. And they add the mature thing. They didn't, they didn't add a mature thing; just add a backlog of things. We have no confirmation about any level of content. We just know it's going to be a new series, but also a continuation. So it'll be the post blip Daredevil from that show, probably still existing. Yeah. At the very fine. at the very least, we know Daredevil is coming back. We still need actual confirmations about like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and that. Uh, we've heard something about Jessica Jones now. Looks like I've yet to see an actual piece of news. We'll That's see. Fine. Anyway, yay on Daredevil in general. I like Charlie Cox. Yeah. Cool. Josh, that's that's the news. We did For, it. It's a, it's quite a bit. This is our podcast of the week, guys. It certainly was a podcast. So, Josh, where can we find you online? Oh, go to YouTube, uh, channel name, Josh Rudolph. Um, what else do I have? Instagram at J underscore Rudy 16. TikTok at Rudy underscore the film nerd. And then Twitter at J underscore Rudy 28. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at that nerd and nerd. You can find me on Twitter at the nerd. And I think on Letterboxd at that nerd. Thank you all so much for listening. It's been a joy. But if you want to email on the show, um, we will answer any of your comments, questions, or concerns. Email us at podgeekspeak at gmail.com or tweet at us at hashtag geekspeakpod. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.